This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio in studio. Good to see you, Jim. Thanks, Brian. Good to see you. Before we dive into the topic, uh, we want to ask you to uh, to leave a review on iTunes if you haven't done that. Uh, it helps us and helps spread the word of the podcast. You can also reach us at practicalshepherding.com. If there's a way that we can serve you in some way, please write us. And, or if you, there's a even a topic on the podcast you'd like us to tackle. Another way that you can be a help to us is go to the donate page and leave a financial gift to help um, f- help fund the ministry. Obviously, this podcast is part of that, but there's tons we're doing as a ministry. That's always a way we're always looking for financial partners. So thanks for those who, who already support us in that way. Jim, we want to tackle a, a topic that I think is very significant and common but is often not talked about in many pastoral circles. So we should talk about it. What do you think? Let's do that. So it's the topic of pastoral loneliness. Hmm. And I think this could go a lot of different directions, but we probably should, you know, define this and even maybe talk about where this, you know, where this came from specifically. So I, we talked about pastoral cynicism at a previous episode mm-hmm. that was, that was, an idea you had because it's something you self-admittedly have struggled with in the past. Yep. I put something up on social media that got an interesting response uh, about a week ago when, when we're recording this, and that is that two signs of fatigue for me is pastoral cynicism, and the second is loneliness. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that got an interesting response. It, it Obviously, when you talk about pastoral loneliness, it it can stir up a lot of different things with, with pastors, depending on their particular battle with this. But biblically speaking, as we think about the call of a pastor, Jim, how do we begin to even think through a category of where does loneliness come from based on this biblical call that pastors have been given? That's an interesting question, Brian. I I do think you have, obviously, Paul uh, speaks about that to some degree. and there, you know, he felt abandoned at a certain point in his ministry that none stood with me. And whatever the reason for that, good or bad or indifferent, the point is that he felt it. He felt that isolation. Jesus seems to feel a degree of that uh, at, a, at a time of intense suffering in the garden as a desire that the, the three would come and, yeah, and, and be with point. him, and, and they're not. Yeah. Why does he want that? And even that whole uh, Luke's telling us that an angel came and, and comforted him. Uh, that there was a sense of uh, I'm about to go through something. They can't really understand it. Uh, I feel the weight of it. Uh, I'm in this in my service to God. Uh, I think Paul certainly obviously is a result of his ministry. And the the point of it was he, he was alone and he felt it. And, and I think it can happen for any, any variety of reasons other than that. But at least you, you see that uh, those clear examples uh, in the scriptures, you know, some some men, uh, we we might be you know in an office by ourselves. And sometimes you're in a big you know Brian. I think if you're if you were to go to study at Auburndale on any given day of the week, big building, your big you know nice size office in that old building there. It's just you, and, and there's nobody else there, and you probably at times feel alone. There are burdens that you carry, things that people share with you, not just in your flock, but for you. Dozens and dozens of other pastors share information with you. Some of it's really, really sad. And then you have your own life. You have your own 
uh, struggles, you're raising your kids, your marriage or whatever, you're in battle with sin and who do I talk to? Who do I share with? Is that, is that some of what you've, when you talk about this feeling, is that something of what you're getting at or maybe? It is some. And I think your your examples actually I thought were helpful. You even came up with a couple that weren't on my mind that that capture, I think, where this, because any, any human being and most human beings battle loneliness at one point. Mm-hmm. I discovered about four or five years ago, though, there seems to be a unique loneliness to the life of a pastor in a way I had not identified before that I started to see in my own life. I think you hinted towards it in the excellent examples you gave about Paul Mm -hmm. and Jesus. One of the things that's significant about those two men in the moments where they articulate this is they are going through something really hard and burdening that is so unique that they feel alone because Jesus' disciples can't understand what... Paul's the apostle who's when he goes in Second Corinthians when he lists all the burdens he has. Mm-hmm. There's no one else who can describe right. it like Paul. Right, and and I be, so I believe those are two very unique situations. However, the life of a pastor has some unique burdens like that, and I think the unique burdens can bring a loneliness to pastors in that pastors do the work of the ministry. And depending on the difficulty, depending on the kind of support they have or don't mm-hmm. have, it can feel lonely just simply by the isolation that they feel. And then the uniqueness of their life, that they may be surrounded by somebody. There's plenty of people who have struggles and sufferings and unique burdens, but they don't know what it's like to be him. And I find that that's what can create uh, the particular the unique loneliness of a pastor. So a lack of empathy? Uh, that you a lot, lack of felt empathy on the part of others or sympathy and and even, but do you feel at times you almost it's, it's not just that you feel lack of empathy it's that you don't even feel you can even share. That's right. That, you that can't can... even talk about it. It's like somebody has cancer might talk to you about cancer and you don't know what that's like, but you can at least feel a, a sense of it. But at least they feel they can talk about it. They might say, "Well, Brian, I know you've never had cancer, but this is what it feels like." Do you feel sometimes you can't, especially with Maybe your wife and your kids or your fellow, you know, the members, your friends in church, you can't really share with It's like, I don't even feel like I can say this all. And and then why? If you can't, you don't feel you can, why? What would be behind that? Yeah, so it's, it's rooted in pastors being human beings also, and yet many pastors feel like part of the sacrifice of being a called as a pastor is that nobody's going to care for me. My calling is to care for everybody else. Right. But a lot of pastors convince themselves that's actually part of this calling. I'm a pastor, but I don't have a pastor. That's right. part of what I have to live with. And I and I want to emphasize that being a pastor, you need a pastor just as much. Exactly. But you've got to make efforts to try to find people to care for you. So the pastoral loneliness oftentimes comes from a, a lack of availability or even a lack of pursuit of having someone who actually cares for you the way that you care for everybody else. And right. I think we would assume when there's Christians, when there's sheep who don't have a shepherd caring for them, there's a there's a void there. There's a there's even a, a loneliness that they would experience because someone's not caring for them the way that I would say that that God's design is that Christians are supposed to be cared for. And pastors uniquely find themselves in that position. Yeah, I I, I think Brian, you can have a uh that sense that you're a commodity sometimes. You're a, 
you are you're not called we we rarely get calls i'm not trying to make anybody feel bad if you're if if somebody's uh you're a layman listening to this i know some laymen listen to this and if you you think to yourself uh, um yes yeah, sure i only i i call my pastor when i have when i have a burden and i don't i i, I rarely we rarely get calls of i just wanted to see how you're doing i actually had a guy recently who wanted to take me out to breakfast and he said, I don't have anything big. I just, you know, I just was thinking about you. I thought you got a lot of pressure on you. And I thought, boy, I wonder how often you just get somebody to take care of you. There's a young guy in the church, 30 years old or so in the church. It was really, really sweet. I really, really appreciated that. So here's where I discovered this, that this was a real thing in my life at least. And I had to begin to start working through this. I found myself, you know, again, you're feeling the fatigue, you're struggling. I do think loneliness is tied to fatigue for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, it it, it's, it can deceive you because I'm surrounded by people who who love and appreciate me. Right. I have a family who loves me. Right. I have yeah, like it's not that I don't have people around me that right. are fit into that category. So I remember when this happened, it really caught me off guard. I'm driving down the road. I get a call from a church member. He's a 30 year old uh, man in the church. And I had particularly just feeling the fatigue of ministry, both right. caring for people in our church, caring for other pastors and practical shepherding, dealing with some really terrible stuff. Yeah, and I was just I was burdened, I was wore out, but I I didn't know how to to identify or to, or to know where it was coming from. And this guy calls me, and I answer it in mode like I'm always answering the phone, like here's a church member who needs to talk to me about something or whatever. Right, and that's fine. He calls and he says, "Hey." Actually, I, I I don't need anything. I just I just was thinking of you, and I wanted I was spending some time praying for you this morning, and I just want to know how you were doing. And I'm driving down. I know where I can remember where I was on the road. And I just started crying oh. uncontrollably, and I had no idea what had just happened. Mm. And it was it was that that man just reaching out yeah. to to me, and he wasn't a pastor. Right, right, like right, it wasn't right, right, some right. it wasn't some like pastor I respect who called, which you know it was just a church member, and I realized when when I saw my reaction, like something was going, something uh, was stirring in my soul that that said to me, I got to figure out what's going on, and that put me on this road mm. to sort through what is this, and and that's how I identified. There's a unique pastoral loneliness I think that that is fed by fatigue. By the way, I want to yeah. emphasize that, like in this moment, I don't feel fatigued. I don't feel like I'm battling loneliness in this moment. Right. So it's when the fatigue from ministry comes. And I want to say that for people who listen to this, because so you can identify uh, that what happens, what shows up in your life when you feel weary from ministry, because those are the things, this isn't about loneliness ultimately. It's about me identifying them. Okay, here's where I am. The loneliness is, is a sign. It's, it's not that I'm lonely and that you know I need more attention from my wife and that's going to fix it or or mm-hmm. one of my kids or whatever. Right. Loneliness is a sign. Something's going on inside my soul that I that that that's a longing and desire that only Christ fills. Mm. And why is it kind of rearing its head in this moment? How is fatigue or maybe stress or whatever? bringing it to the surface and that's the soul work we have to do we don't ultimately blame the loneliness it's a sign of something else going on in our soul Hmm. we got to deal with it and and so that's what was helpful for me to then just go and be able to express to somebody to sit down with a a trusted friend sitting down with someone who does you know i know genuinely cares for my soul yeah and to just articulate man i'm 
you know, I, I feel lonely. I don't have to know why. I don't, and you have to get through the, I shouldn't be lonely. I got all these people around me who love yeah. and care for me. To just be able to own it. This is how I, I feel. And that's the road to beginning to deal with it and to try to figure out how to, how to face it. Brian, I'm sure there's more than one guy listening to this who who says I don't even have that. I don't have I don't have that support system that Brian's talking about. Right. And, uh, I feel it's it's I'm I am laboring through. It's it's always combative. Uh, it's it's fight to fight, and yet I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to love these people. I feel Paul said to the Corinthians, you know, the the more I love you, the less I'm loved. It's a real. That's a that's again, he's being open heavy. and he's yeah. feeling it. He feels it, and so you you shouldn't feel guilty for feeling that that's unless right. Paul was sinning when he said that. I don't think he was. That there is, and so he feels like I, I'm I'm a soul elder. I'm in maybe a rural setting. I don't have a lot of Christian. I don't have a lot of uh, church friends around, uh, 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 and nobody knows what it's like. And again, I don't want to sound like a baby. I know I'm not digging ditches. I know I'm not in prison. I know I don't have. I'm not struggling with a you know, brain tumor, but I am struggling, and I feel. I feel so alone in this. I feel nobody else has the burdens. I didn't even get, take take Paul again. Paul at least had Timothy, but at one point he said nobody else seems to care about these things the way Timothy does. That again, again, it's an expression of of this affects me. Uh, yeah. I why doesn't anybody have the burdens I have? Why doesn't anybody have the right. the passions I have? Nobody else has the you know the, the the concern for all the churches. Paul says, "Well, I don't have the concern for all the churches." Uh, it, and so, what what might you say? How might you comfort somebody like that uh, in, in a way that maybe we're, we're we're practical shepherding? What are some practical steps you might try to yeah. help a brother like that? So, first thing I'll say is that the video cohort that we do, we have over five hundred pastors involved mm-hmm. with this now, with the two videos we do, and what's stunning about it is that. The, the pastors that seem to love it the most are the ones that you just described. Yeah. Alone, isolated in a rural context, yeah. don't have anybody. That one hour a week that through technology they're able to just be with other pastors and re- be reminded they're not crazy in what they're going through seems to do so much to be helpful to them. So I say that to say this. I don't think it takes a lot to begin to deal with this. I don't think... You know, so this doesn't mean we need to find like eight different pastoral friends. Hmm. I think you said it best too with Paul and Timothy. Like Paul had Timothy. There was at least one, right? And he he had one. I mean, I think just but where the where the the loneliness leads to despair is when you feel like you have nobody. And so my first my first advice would be go find do work hard to go find somebody that you can connect with. Even if they're not in the area you live in, to connect with somebody on the phone, on Skype, if you have nobody, like reach out to us. Yeah. And part of what we want to do with the network we've created is to connect you to somebody else who who feels the same way as you do, who needs somebody just like you do. Right. So, so that would be the first thing is find one person, another pastor, I think, ideally. But just because you find a pastor doesn't mean they know how to do this work. You may go to them and say, and you confess, I'm feeling lonely and isolated, and they tell you, suck it up. You know? right, it's right. a call of God. By the way, that will be unhelpful. Do not ever do that yes, to a pastor if they that. come to you. I've done that. So, uh, so you need to find a pastor who 
who can will just receive and listen to you. That's that's the first part. The second is is to is self awareness is so important. And when I say self awareness, I'm talking about being aware of what's really going on in your soul. And mm-hmm. I'm convinced that a lot of the discouragement pastors feel at different times might actually be masquerading as loneliness. Mm. But discouragement from, you know, I, I'm preaching. I don't know if anybody's listening. Right. I'm, I, I'm to Paul's point, you know, I'm loving people and being less loved. You know, it, it's like I think discouragement comes because pastors slowly begin to feel isolated where they are and what they do doesn't matter. And I think that identifying, oh, this is actually me feeling, you know, that I'm by myself. A lot of times, one, crying out to the Lord about that. Right. Uh, so this isn't a God, you're not, discouragement of nothing's happening in my ministry is one way to understand this. It's another to say, God, I just feel alone. And I can go to the Lord and be comforted by God. Mm-hmm. And that's two totally different ways to go to the Lord. And, and then to... Um, and then to realize how much this can be rooted in ministry fatigue and weariness, and that we have to have rest in our schedule. And so when I experienced that, when I, as I say, when I experienced cynicism and I experienced loneliness, those are two big flags that go off to me now that say, okay, how, much, you know, how hard are you working? How stressful are the ministry situations you're in right now? And, and a lot of times that's the gut check for me to go, you know, I actually have not had a break in a while. And and that's the thing that triggers it for me to kind of look at my schedule. Brian, you said something made me want to ask this question. Is Do you think there are times when some of this feeling that you're describing is tied into some unrealistic expectation of what the ministry looks like or what it produces? Again, this thought that, well, first of all, I'm so privileged to do what I do. I shouldn't feel this way. And then to recognize that, well, again, you have the Apostle Paul who felt this loneliness in ministry, so you got some company there. But then also that if I were doing this right and if I were doing this well, it would have produced this or that by this time. Surely it would have done this. And and that that might be an unrealistic expectation of ministry, that ministry doesn't have a timetable. It doesn't produce all that you want it to produce. And maybe it doesn't, it won't ever under your ministry produce all that you desired it to produce. Yeah. And do you think so? Maybe some of that fatigue or even a degree of guilt and shame. Shame is isolating. Shame, shame produces totally. loneliness. Totally. Because uh, I, I feel like I can't, I feel like a baby saying this. I feel like a, who do I who do I say this to? It doesn't sound. And they say, "Well, you what are you talking about? You get to live in an office, and you get to preach, and you get to read books, and if you know that that kind of a, so you feel ashamed of saying anything. Or you're oh, you're right. I shouldn't. You know, I, I should just suck it up. Right. I'm going to let Twitter make my next point, and that is the other day <laughs> I I saw somebody, and it was it was shortly after I put a tweet out about. You know, ministry being tough or something. Right. So I can't. I don't know. It wasn't. I wasn't tagged in. I don't know if it was directed towards me or not. But some some pastor wrote on on Twitter. I don't understand all these guys that talk about ministry being hard. I think it's the greatest privilege in the world to be a pastor, and it's the greatest job. And went kind of went on and on. And I remember reading that, and I thought two things. I thought, what remember, a jerk! No, no, I didn't no. think that. <laughs> Because I know where he's coming from. I know no, guys I like do. that. Right, right. There's a, there's a sense in which all that's true. So I, I thought two things. Number one, I said, good for you was my first thought. I'm glad. Good for you, Brian. I'm, I'm glad good you love 
I'm glad you. I'm glad that's the experience you're having in ministry. And my second thought was, yeah, please don't go help pastors. And then the third part is, uh, <laughs> when are you going to write your retraction? Because something's going to happen to well, rock that guy's ship. Well, I, that's the thing, though, is yeah. maybe and maybe not. I, I do know some pastors wired Most that way. Likely. But here's my point. To what you're saying, when I read that, I thought to myself, those are the guys, well-intending, who have no idea how to help the majority of pastors who really do struggle in a lot of ways because this work is uniquely hard. And and so I, I, I would say, yes, I think it's very easy to produce shame in pastors. It's usually self-inflicted more than anything else. Yeah. A lot of times it's rooted in past things in our lives that we haven't dealt with. Sure. And I want to acknowledge that. So you know, if you bring a bunch of baggage into a marriage or a ministry or whatever it is relationally, and you don't have healing from those wounds, I mean, it's going to be really easy to 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 feel loneliness and hurt and a sensitivity to all those those kinds of things. So yeah, I think it's self inflicted. But here's the one lie that pastors are able to tell ourselves and believe: nobody knows what it's like to go through what I'm going through. Yeah, and and I want to emphasize to pastors that that's just not true. Correct. Past, but that's why I say find a pastoral friend because pastors know how. To pastors know what it's like to be pastors. That's right. why this is an is an exclusive and tight fraternity. And some of the friendships in pastoral ministry that you find with other pastors, God uses those are the people to find to help care for you. So, as we wrap this up, um, Jim, any final thoughts about you know this this wrestling? And you've also deal with you know you have fatigue things that show up in in your life. It may yeah. not be loneliness, but like, do you have any final thoughts as Pastors are listening to this and struggling through this. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Brian. Your the way that you, you you dealt with this, and particularly that you you did deal with there is a, there is a before God element of this, but there is also this practical element of of don't be ashamed that you need a human being to share something with. That's not unspiritual. When, right. when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he said, "God who comforts." Uh, those in their affliction comforted us by the sending of Titus. You know, so it was a human being came along, and that's a, that was God's means of comforting. Was an, was another brother coming? That's right. And don't, don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of wanting that, longing for that. Don't don't have a, a super spirituality. But but I mean, obviously, do recognize the Lord is our chief comforter in that. But very often, He will do that. And I would also just encourage. Strive to take advantage of the day and age in which we live. You're, you're not isolated out in a world. You're listening to this, so you have some technology. You're listening to this, so you have 4G, 5G, or internet access somehow. That's right. And that can be a – it doesn't just have to be a receiver. It's a transceiver. So mm-hmm. don't just wait on somebody to call you. You can be proactive and in, in, in searching out and just saying to somebody, hey uh, – I need some. I, I need some time, uh, and so maybe you're not going to be able to go to a conference. Maybe you're not going to be able to go to a fraternal, like we have here locally. If you're local and you don't know about our fraternal, we have a fraternal that you can uh, write about. If you're within a hundred miles of the Louisville area and want to get together with forty or fifty pastors uh, several times a year, yeah. that might be helpful to you. You may not have that, but there are forums out there. There are websites out there. Uh, that you can most likely find some help. And Brian's a great resource. Brian can put you together with with some guys maybe the better than I can. Well, so 
if you have no but where to turn and nobody else to eat, like as we're having this conversation and you still don't have one person that comes to your mind, you need to just go to practicalsharing.com and write us and connect with us. And we will do what we can to try to help you and connect with you. Uh, because with, as you said, Jim, with the, with technology, like if you live in the States and you have Wi-Fi somewhere, there's no reason you should feel completely isolated from another pastor okay. who would be willing to talk to you about these things. So take advantage of that. So let me pray that uh, God will give you wisdom in this. Lord, we're grateful for technology, and we're grateful for the way that you, you uh, it's a means of grace that we have other brothers and sisters to connect with. We, you've made us in your image as human beings with the need for relational connection. So remind us, Lord, how you work through that. We pray that you would... Every person listening to this, that you would move them to connect with somebody who loves them, who cares for them, and can be a help to them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.